Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tonight. We've been uh, going through a missions emphasis time, and if you've been here for any part of this, uh, what we've been really looking at is just being encouraged and giving to missions and praying for missions, and I've enjoyed talking to our missionaries. I love, uh, I, I personally have always loved missions. Um, even growing up as a kid, I've just always encouraged and loving meeting missionaries and getting to know new missionaries, and um, of course, when I was a kid, they came through with the, uh, of course, they had the projector and they had to flip through the little projector. Anybody else remember that when you were kids and they had the projector slides that they flipped through? Uh, Brother Jim, maybe you remember when they actually like carved it on stone. I'm kidding. I shouldn't have said that. But uh, no, I appreciate them coming through. I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, uh, one of the, my favorite missionaries, his name was Carl Boonstra. He's still alive today. Uh, he's 90, I think 96 years old, going to be 97. And uh, he came by for a missions conference that we had at our church. And he taught, he taught us the word halambe. And uh, he was missionary dealing with, uh, in Africa, I believe Kenya, and taught us halambe, which was like a greeting and a, and a goodbye. And I was probably about four or five years old. And every time since then, every time I've ever seen Carl Boonstra, I say harambe, and he just starts laughing, and, and uh, man, we have a great time with that, but I love missions, and I love hearing about our missionaries. I love hearing about what, uh, what they're doing and what God is doing in them and with them, but what's always encouraging to me is, um, is to hear about their sacrifice and to hear about what they, what they have Maybe, uh, maybe given up to go to the mission field. I know my wife and I uh, have spoken about this family uh, many times, but there was a family that were uh, missionaries to Mexico, and um, they, were, they were multimillionaires, and God called them to the mission field. They sold everything, didn't have to raise money because they had it, and they just went to the mission field, and God used them in a great way, and they ended up giving their lives. They were, they were, they were murdered on the mission field, and uh, man, I just remember hearing their story and just being blown away uh, by the sacrifice, and <clears throat> I think, uh, I think one of the best things for us to do is when we listen to missionaries to be encouraged uh, by their desire and by their sacrifice. And I know they're always an encouragement to us. And as we wrap up our time uh, this weekend, our focus on missions, I want to take just a minute. We, we, we get encouraged by our missionaries, but I want to take just a minute tonight and figure out how can we be an encouragement to our missionaries? How can we, even though we don't, we don't see them a lot, you know, maybe we'll see a, I mean, the Jones family were just here. Well, the next time we see them, maybe Hannah and I might see them at a meeting, but man, maybe once a year. So if you're not going to see somebody a lot, how can you be an encouragement to them? How can we encourage our missionaries? Because we know this, everybody faces discouragement. Every one of us. Everybody faces discouragement and everybody knows, man, I could just use a little encouragement right now. And our missionaries, they face it as well. And all of us, we travel through discouraging seasons and we know we need some encouragement. But you know what's funny about discouraging seasons? Usually, usually we know what would encourage us. Like I know if I'm going through an encouraging, excuse me, a discouraging season, I know what I need. I just want a little bit of time with Hannah. 
I want to spend some time with my wife, maybe uh, just some time away or time with family, uh, time to maybe just take a little bit of a, of a mental break. And there's just uh, times in life, right, when we know we're a little discouraged and I just, I just need a break. And you know what you need to be encouraged. When you come to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, <clears throat> excuse me, when you come to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, what you find is Paul as a church planter, as a missionary, he's going to actually write what missionaries and church planters need to be encouraged. Hey, when, when we're going through a discouraging season, hey, here's what we need to be encouraged by you. And I think that there's gonna be really some great application tonight for us on, on not only from Paul to the church at Thessalonica, but from really any missionary or church planter writing to Moses Lake Baptist Church, how can we be an encouragement to church planners and to missionaries. There's just two ways tonight that I want us to look at. Hopefully you have the handout there. But I want you to take your Bible and let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter number two. And we're just gonna read five verses, 2 Thessalonians chapter two. And beginning in verse number 15, Paul writes this. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. When you come to 2 Thessalonians, of course, we're not gonna go through and study out the entire uh, letter, but this letter written from Paul to the believers at Thessalonica. And right here in the middle of, of, the, of, the, of the letter is some tools or some ways that the Thessalonians could encourage Paul. And I think there are ways that we can encourage our missionaries and our church planners. And so let's pray, and then we'll just jump into this and get a couple of thoughts tonight. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you just take a minute and ask God to, uh, to help you hear from him tonight. Ask God to speak to your heart. And then make a commitment tonight. God, if you speak to me, I, I want to I respond to you. God, I want to make a decision tonight based on how you speak to me. Dear Lord, we just want to come before you, and God, I thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this passage before us tonight, and I thank you for the help that it's been to me, and I pray, Lord, that you would help it to be even a greater help to each one of us tonight, Lord, that we would see that there's so many ways that we can encourage and help our missionaries and church planners, even though we don't see them, even though we can't hand them a gift card right now, even though we may not be able to give them a pat on the back instantly, Lord, I pray that you'd help tonight us to be challenged, uh, to really step up, to desire to be an encouragement in the lives of our missionaries and our church planners. We love you, Lord, and thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we... Um, as I stated a minute ago, as you think about missions, missionaries and church planners, I, I am always encouraged just to hear their story, to hear how God called them and what God called them to. But then I'm, I'm always, um, I, I wanna say I'm, I'm always concerned 
for missionaries and church planners. Man, I'm concerned because I want to see them stay on the field. I'm concerned because I want to see their church succeed. I don't want to see it be a flop. And I, I'm, I can think right now of missionaries that I know that went to the mission field and things didn't turn out uh, like they wanted to, and they left just completely discouraged. And some of them, they got out of church altogether. Others of them, it took them years to just uh, be uh, rejuvenated and want to even just continue serving. And so, man, when they go, I, I have a desire. I don't want to just pray for the Jones family now. I want to see their church be successful in, in two years and five years and 18 and 20 years from now, the Jones family still in Pasadena and that church still moving forward. But what it's going to take is the same thing like it would take for a family to move forward. It's going to take a lot of people. It's going to take a lot of people investing and a lot of people uh, having that team mentality of, hey, we are all involved in this church plant. I think about our church, about Moses Lake Baptist. Uh, man, I can remember... Really, it was uh, 11 years ago, 11 years ago, 11 years ago from the first week of October that we started deputation to go raise money. And I remember, I remember that very first meeting that we went to. Uh, it was at Olympia Bible Baptist Church at Pastor Rick Wilder's church. It was the very first meeting that we were at. And then the, next, the very next week, we presented at a church planners conference in Yakima. And I just remember going through all of that. And I remember the excitement but then what was so encouraging to me was to see people begin to get on board. I remember, and Hannah and I were always touched when people, I mean, there'd be little kids that'd walk up and give us $5 or give our kids a McDonald's gift card. Or I remember raising money for the chairs. Uh, the second year in, we were raising money for the chairs in our if you know me, I always come up with some nifty little slogan to try to make it simple. And I just encourage everybody, buy a chair for you and a chair for yourself. It's $110, $55 for your chair, $55 for somebody else's chair. And so buy you a chair and somebody else a chair. And man, I remember we went to a, um, a church planners conference, raising money for chairs. And a young man stood up that, man, he was, I think he's a freshman in college at the time or something, but we had known him since he was real little. And uh, he just stood up and he said, well, the fountains were a blessing to me when I was a kid. I'm going to buy two chairs, you know, and I'm thinking that guy didn't have any money at all. He's a freshman in college. And I was, I was just so excited that he bought that and that they, they gave money towards that. But you know what was even more an encouragement? Not, not just financial support, but it was even an even more bigger encouragement to me when five years after we started, I would see somebody at a meeting and they'd say, hey, hey, let me, let me show you something. They'd pull out maybe a phone or they'd pull out of their Bible our prayer card from six years before. And they'd say, hey, we're still praying. I remember we stayed at a house at a conference one time and they, we knew the lady that we were staying with, but I remember Miss Myrtle, she, she just passed away from Yakima and we stayed at her house probably three years after we started the church. And we, we walked into her living room and in her living room was a picture of us with our prayer card right next to it. Still make me cry. And she just said, right, I never forget to pray for you guys. How's the church going? How's your kids? How's Dennis and Lena and Micah? You know what? There are some things that encourage you and some things that encourage me outside of just someone giving you $5. And I think sometimes if we're not careful when we think about missions, we think, well, you know, missionaries, well, you know, the old adage, well, they're moochinaries, you know, they just come around and just trying to mooch off and just trying to get money and all of that type of stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there are some missionaries that that's what they do. They're just really, they're just traveling evangelists that raise money and never go anywhere. There, there are those out there. But the majority of missionaries, man, their heart is to get to their field. And I don't want to take three years on deputation. We need the money. We need the support. 
But I guarantee you that a missionary that's been at it for a while, a church planner that's been at it for a while, they're, they're sincere when they say to you, hey, I don't just want your money. No, there's a few ways that you could encourage us. There's a few ways that you could be behind us. And I think that's what I find when I come to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is Paul saying, there's a few ways that you can help me. So what are those few ways? Outside of giving financially, what are the few ways that we can give to a church planner or encourage a church planner? I want you to notice first off tonight, one of the best ways that we can encourage missionaries and church planners from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is we can stand firmly. Stand firmly. Notice, if you will, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5, or verse 15 through verse number 17. It says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or uh, our epistle. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us every consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. I want you to notice just some definitions as we look at this. That first verse in verse number 15, therefore, brethren, stand fast. The, the therefore, I know you know that. You always go back and see what it's there for. Basically, Paul is saying this. Hey, since you trusted Christ, since you have salvation, and since we've invested in you, here's what you can do. And then he says these words. He says, stand fast. The word stand fast, it means to be stationary or to be unmovable, or to, to be firm, to be held in, in one position. So what does he say? He says, you can stand fast, so stand firm, be in one position. And then he says to hold. To hold, that, that word hold, it means to use strength to obtain. We would say to maybe keep a firm grip upon. Well, what are we keeping a firm grip upon? He says the traditions that have been taught. Well, the word traditions is not um, maybe some, uh, some work that's being done. Maybe we think of traditions of, you know, Christmas tradition and Easter tradition and that type of stuff. No, when the word traditions here in the Greek, it means the teachings that have been given to you. So what is Paul giving to these believers at Thessalonica? He's saying, hey, because you have salvation and, and because of our involvement in your life, I want to encourage you to stand firm, be unmovable in your faith, and keep a good grip on the teachings that you have received. And then he closes this, this part of it out by saying, we're praying that God would comfort you and that God would help you. Notice the last part of verse number 17, that God would establish you in every good word and work. You know what Paul is saying to them? He's basically giving to them, my prayer for you, my prayer for you is that you would stay solid in your faith and that you would continue forward with what you've been given. That it wouldn't be just a passive learning that you've had. No, you would stand firm in it and that you would hold that, the teachings that you have received. <clears throat> if you go and you research Paul's letters, it was always a big encouragement to Paul when he heard about churches that were standing strong in their beliefs. And this is what he's writing to them. Stand firm in your faith. And keep a good grip upon the teachings that you have received. When Paul heard of 
churches that were staying strong in their beliefs, he always wrote back to them and said, that helps me. Think about what he said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter one, verse 15 and 16. He said, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Hey, I heard that your faith, your trust in God was solid and that your love towards others was good. And since then, man, I don't stop praying for you and thanking God. Colossians, he wrote, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all saints. The same thing to the believers at Colossae. Hey, I heard that your trust in the Lord is strong, that you're, that you're firm in your faith, and I heard that you're loving people, and it has helped me, and I give thanks to God all the time for that. You want to know what a, what a big encouragement is to missionaries and church planners? It's a big encouragement to them when we stand firm in the Lord and we continue forward for the Lord. And it's an encouragement to uh, church planners and pastors and missionaries when they come here and they present their ministry and then a year goes by and two years goes by and three years goes by and five years goes by and Moses Lake Baptist Church is still staying strong. It's an encouragement to them. Back in October, we're still in October, aren't we? Okay, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, forgive me, my mind, my calendar is way off right now. But a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity, right after uh, dad passed away, I was supposed to be in California for a trip, for a, a leadership conference, and I had pretty much canceled it in my mind and uh, planned on not going with everything that was happening. But uh, my mom and my wife and my sister, all three were like, you need to go, just get away for two days and go to that meeting. And so, I went, and honestly, it was challenging because I'm seeing tons of people, and they're asking me how I'm doing, and dad had just passed away, and I'm like, that's a loaded question, man. You, you want the, I would ask him, do you want the spiritual leadership conference answer, or do you want the real answer? And, uh, but I remember one, one guy walked up to us, and his name, he pastors in Hawaii. His name is Anthony King. And uh, those of you that were here maybe years ago might remember Anthony King. They came through and they needed support and our church picked up their church. We, we started supporting them as they started that church in Hawaii. And I think we supported them for, for three or four years, just ended up dropping them, I think, two years ago. They're about six or seven years old now. And he walked up to me. He said, hey, Dennis, I just want to tell you I'm praying for you. But he said, I also just want to tell you thank you. I was like, thank you for what? And he said, I just want to thank you guys for sticking with us and sticking with it. We love seeing what God is doing in Moses Lake. Now, here we are. We haven't, we haven't sent him a support check in, in over three years. And yet our church staying consistent and moving forward is an encouragement to him. Just think about you as a, those, those of you that have kids. Think about you as a parent. You know, John, in the book of 1 John, he wrote, I have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in truth. And as a parent, isn't it, isn't it awesome when you see kids, your kids make a right choice? I mean, even when they're three and four years old and they choose to share or, or they're, they're seven and eight years old and they choose to kind of go out of their way uh, to do something. Micah, you know, played football this year. He raised his hand, praise the Lord for football. Uh, the downside about Micah playing football is he's still the smallest kid on his team. And he, he just is, you know, he's, he's got fight in him and he's fast, he's a good little football player. But there's a lot of times when he's not playing. Uh, and you know what I watched last night? We were in Wenatchee for his very last game. And, and uh, they would go to kick a field goal. 
And uh, usually the ref would have to back up to get a ball. And I watched Micah from, I, I just touched my heart as a dad. I watched him run when he wasn't on the field. I watched him run from his sideline all the way around to catch the football after it was kicked through the field goal, take it to the ref, and then run all the way back around the field. As a dad, I just stood back and I thought, that's super cool. And I leaned over to Dennis and I said, because he, at one point, Dennis was like, hey, look, Micah's down there. And I was like, yeah. I said, you need to learn from him. He's like, well, what? Are you saying I don't serve people? And I was like, no. I said, I can learn from him. I was like, we can all learn. Like, and I talked about just looking for something to do and serving in the moment. But you know what? As a parent, and when you see your kids make a right choice, when you see your kids stay consistent in what you've taught them, it's an encouragement to you. Missionaries and church planners, when they see their supporting churches and churches they visited, be consistent to stand firm and to keep moving forward and to hold firm, hold, to hold tight the teachings that have been given. And it's gonna be an encouragement to them. But can I just tell you tonight that in order for a church to stand firm and to hold, have a tight grip upon the teachings that they've been given, it takes individuals to do that. Man, it takes individuals that say, you know what, I'm going to stay by the book. It takes individuals that say, I'm going to stay consistent walking with the Lord and, and staying in Scripture. It takes individuals that say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take 2 Timothy 2.2 2 to give what God's given me to other people and disciple others. I'm going to make that my life goal to disciple somebody, maybe one person a year that I'm walking through discipleship. You see, it's not just a church in the sense of a, of a staff or, or a pastor that do those things. No, in order for a church to really stay consistent, hold its ground, and hold, hold a, a strong grip on those traditions, it takes us as individuals, every one of us saying, you know what, I am going to stand firm in these beliefs, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a tight grip on, on them and continuing forward for the Lord. And it's an encouragement to missionaries when uh, a church is continuing to not only study the word, but to teach people about Christ and build marriages and disciple others and see people get baptized. It is a blessing to them. And so I, we ask tonight, how can we be an encouragement? I can imagine Paul saying, well, man, you, you got saved. I've had a little bit of part of your life and a part of your ministry. Here's how you can encourage me. Stand firm. Man, just stand firm in what you've been given. Keep moving forward for God. Two ways that we can encourage our missionaries. Number one, stand firmly. And number two, number two tonight is, is pray regularly or pray faithfully. Pray regularly or pray faithfully. <clears throat> Praying for missionaries and church planters and pastors and for those who serve God with their life, it's not some flowery request that holds no weight. No, this is something that is used by God and it's blessed by God. Notice what Paul said to them in chapter three, verse one and two, when he said this. He said, finally, brethren, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. I love that phrase, finally, brethren. That phrase, finally, brethren, we would probably say, but most important, most importantly is, 
That, that's what Paul is saying right here. He's, he's just got done saying, hey, stand firm and, and, and hold a tight grip on the things that you've been given. And, and I'm praying that God would comfort you and I'm praying that God would bless your every word and every work. But most importantly, here's the most important thing you could do for us is just pray for me. Hey, pray for us. Go to God on our behalf. But then... I love that Paul doesn't just say, go to God on our behalf or, or pray for us and kind of just leave it there. If you were here last week, Brian mentioned that uh, praying for missions is not just praying a blanket prayer. Well, God help our missionaries. Did you pray for them? Oh yeah, I prayed for them, prayed for our missionaries. Well, who'd you pray for? Well, all of them. Well, what'd you pray? I just prayed for them. Like what? I just prayed, God, help our missionaries. And you know what? There's times, and God knows our heart, and there's times we do that, man. God, just help them, and, and I, I just pray for the situation or whatever the case may be. But Paul didn't leave us with just some general statement. Hey, just pray for us. What do we pray, Paul? I don't care. Just pray. He gives some specifics. And I love it. Don't miss these three things that Paul says to pray for and things that we can pray for for missionaries. What is it? Number one, he says, pray for God to work in hearts. Pray for God to work in hearts. Notice what he says. He says, pray for us and pray that the word of the Lord would have free course. Do you see that there in verse number one? Pray that the word of the Lord would have free course. What's he saying? Hey, pray that God's word would work in the hearts of people. Pray that God's word would have free course. Pray, pray that, that that phrase, to have free course, it means not only to have freedom, but to walk swiftly into so here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, pray for God's word to quickly make an impact in the hearts of people. Do you see it there, verse number one? That the word of the Lord may have free course. <clears throat> you know, one of the best things that we can pray for our missionaries is that they would have boldness with the word of God and that the word of God would have immediate impact. God, help your word to impact hearts. I'm always challenged and honestly, more often than not convicted when I hear from missionaries who are in, a, like the Baloos over in Thailand, and I'll talk to, to Jonathan and Jay Baloo every now and then, and he'll say, hey, would you pray for, would you pray for, you know, uh, Pan? I said, well, who's Pan? He said, well, it's, that's the only way I can tell you his English name. Just pray for Pan. What am I praying for him? Well, I've been working with him for five months. And I'm just to the place where he's starting to understand the gospel. And I, I listen to that and I think, man, I get bummed out when I share the gospel one time with somebody and they say no. Man, here they are for five. You know what? That's the type of ministry that Paul had. Thessalonica, Corinth, Ephesus. These are places that are dealing with tons of gods and goddesses and all of that. No wonder Paul said, hey, pray for us, but pray that the word of the Lord would have free course, that it would impact people immediately. One of the best things that we could do for missionaries is not just pray a generic pray for them, pray, pray God, would you help your word to impact people through their lives quickly? Number one, pray for God to work in hearts. Number two, pray for God to be glorified. <clears throat> the second part of verse number three, or excuse me, of chapter number three, verse number one, it says, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Um, 
the way the language is in verse number three, or in chapter three, verse number one, is basically Paul saying this, hey, pray that God's word would impact people and then pray that everything about God's word impacting people would just glorify God. That in all of this, that God would receive the glory. Even as God has received glory among you, pray that the same thing happens as we minister, as we, as we go about on the trail, as we go about preaching and teaching, as we go about starting churches. Hey, pray that, that God would be glorified. <clears throat> I think it's pretty awesome when you hear a, a, a church planner or a missionary come in and they, they tell you some great things. I think it's awesome when they say, but you know what, we just wanna give God the glory and they don't just say it, you know they mean it. You know they, they're genuinely like, no, we just wanna praise God for what he's done. Um, the Jones family who were just here, you can't spend much time around Mrs. Jones without knowing, and, and Philip as well, but uh, Mackenzie, she just, she all, when she's talking about the things of God, she's quick to just be like, oh, it's just so awesome to see what God has done. And it is just, and she's just kind of, you know, just, just all out there about that. Hey, it is just so cool. We were at dinner the other night and she was sitting there and she was like, oh, but praise God, I'll just tell you what God did. Man, I love being around people like that. And you know what? Paul's heart was, hey, I just wanna praise God. I just wanna glorify God. Would you pray for us that we not only impact people, but that everything we do just points to God? What's the third thing we can pray for? It says, pray for God to protect us. Pray for God to protect us. This is verse number two. What else are we praying? Pray that we may be delivered from unreasonable men, for all men have not faith. You know, Paul is saying, he's saying, hey, pray for us to have protection from the enemy. Hey, not everybody's gonna, not everybody's gonna receive what we're giving. Not everybody's gonna listen to what we're saying. Not everybody's going to be quick to hear what we're giving them and calling them to believe in one God. And so Paul says, so could you pray for us that we would have protection, that we'd be delivered from unreasonable men? Do you think that Paul had, uh, you think he had experience with unreasonable people? Yeah, just go read Acts 16. Go read Acts 16 through 23 and you just find story after story after story, Paul dealing with unreasonable people. And so I think him writing this, he's genuinely writing, hey, pray for our protection. You know, we think about <clears throat> the missionaries and church planners that we support. We should pray for God to protect them. Pray that they'd be delivered from unreasonable people. Pray that God would keep them from unreasonable people that just want to waste their time. There's tons of, uh, man, the, 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 fight, the fight from the devil, it's become more clear in the last two years than, than I think in the many previous years before that. Man, I'm seeing, I'm seeing pastors and missionaries and church planners just get discouraged and, and fall by the wayside, even feel that discouragement, even often attacking my own heart, my own life. And I'm thinking, man, uh, you know what? That, that's a, that's a, uh, um, it's a discouraging thing in and of itself to have the enemy attack. But then when you come face to face with an unreasonable person, you just want to throw your hands up. Man, you can go ask Carlos. Carlos back there got a phone call uh, a few weeks ago, the, the uh, Friday before our 
uh, community Sunday. And man, this, this lady wouldn't have any, she didn't want anything to do with our church and, and the, the banners around town and the flyers she received on our door. And, and man, she just, she just ripped Carlos up one side and down the other for about 20 minutes on the phone. And he was trying to be gracious with her till finally he was just like, ma'am, we, we've got to go and, and hung up the phone. And uh, I remember Carlos calling me saying, pastor, this, this lady's relentless. She's called the church, you know, 10 more times now. And so I came in, I think I might have even told the story. I came in and, and sure enough, walked in the office and the phone's ringing and I picked it up. Moses Lake Baptist Church. And she begins. And for about 20, 20 minutes, she just started letting me have it, you know. And um, well, I'm not, I'm not as gracious as Carlos is. And so a little bit of my sarcastic, sarcastic side came out to the point, uh, it wasn't bad, but Robert came in. He went, pastor, calm down. And uh, man, I, I remember just her going and and me trying to have those response. But you know what? Finally, at a point, I just said, ma'am, I said, we, uh, we, we're sorry you feel that way, uh, but we're, we're going to keep trying to reach this town, something like that. She said, well, I'm going to call. I'm going to keep calling this number until you stop telling people in our community about your God. And I said, well, you're going to be calling for a very long time then. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but I've I'm, I'm got to go now. And I I hung up that phone. She called the church 61 times in two and a half days. And she left message after message after message. And you know what? And there are some people now, praise God for the spiritual people, you know, that we work with because immediately I put something in a staff text, hey, if so-and-so calls, don't answer it. And, And I think it was my wife right away put, well, let's pray for her. That wasn't my thought right at first. And I'm just being honest with you, man. I was like, I don't know if I want to pray for her right now. And, uh, I'd like to give that phone to somebody else who can debate really, really well, you know. Uh, but you know what, man? The the re- that's right. Yeah, block that phone number. The uh, the unreasonable people they're out there, aren't they? Man, you know what? I'm thinking about Paul saying to the believers at Thessalonica, saying, "Hey, would you just pray for us?" that God would deliver us and protect us from the unreasonable people. Why? Not because they're not worth reaching. No, because there's somebody right around the corner who's gonna be receptive. And no doubt, Paul, when he wrote about this, uh, no doubt he was thinking about the unreasonable people who caused persecution in his life. And I'm thinking right now about our missionaries and church planners and, and how much danger they really are in. I think about uh, our friends that minister in, in closed countries and, I, and listening to their stories and the, time, the times when, I mean, there's one story, if those of you know who I'm talking about, they were supposed to be flying to a certain place and having a meeting that next day. And for some reason, uh, they missed that plane where they were very upset about it. And the next day they watched the news and that building blew up because of a terrorist attack. And he said, right then, I, I dropped on my knees and I said, God, thank you for delivering me. God, thank you for protecting me. I, sh- I was supposed to be in that building. And man, I hear stories like that and I, it, my mind goes to this to say, man, God, help me to pray that you'd protect our missionaries. I just wanna pray. I don't wanna pray just a generic prayer. Oh, God, help them. No, I pray, God, would you use them to work in hearts? God, would you be glorified in their ministry? And God, would you protect them? How can we encourage missionaries and church planners? 
I think of three things. We've been covering one of them a lot this month and the other two tonight. How can we be an encouragement? Number one, give generously. Now, we've been talking about that for weeks, haven't we? We've been talking about that and uh, praying, God, what would you have me? How would you have me be involved in, in missions giving? And I've been praying, I've been praying even in my own heart and, and uh, even just today, today I felt like the Lord finally just put a number on my mind and my heart about our family. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, man, God, I, I don't wanna, I, I, you know what? It's not foolish giving. If you're praying about it and if God genuinely puts something on your heart and on your mind, and how can we be an encouragement? We can give generously. How, how will you be involved? How can you encourage others to give? Number two, we can stand firmly. Well, what is that? And just knowing what we believe and keep moving forward with it. And number three, we can pray regularly or pray faithfully. God, would you use them to impact the lives of people? God, would you be glorified through their ministry? And God, would you protect them? A lot of ways, there's, there's more ways that we could encourage the church planner and the, the missionary. But these are just a few ways that I think will be a help to us tonight to say, God, help us. Help us not to just be that church that says, man, the Jones family were here. Oh, we, we FaceTime with the Connors and the Blues and AJ Lutrick. And man, we're excited about what God's doing. And yeah, we'll, we'll send them a check every now and then. Help us not to be that church. Instead, help us to be a church that says, no, 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 we will give generously to support you and we will stand, we'll stand firm, keep moving forward and we will pray faithfully for you. I believe it's then that God will use our church not only to help missions, but to also encourage those who give their life. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.